Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Holt cast. It's time to discuss Aston Villa 7, Yes 7, Liverpool 2. Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. Yes, you're hearing that right. It's not a made-up storyline or anything along the lines of that. It's real life. Of course, Colt Petham here. As always, I am joined by my good friend, Danny Razit. Danny, how are you doing during this fine evening? Man, I'm jubilant. That has to be one of the best, if not the best, Villa performances I've ever seen, certainly in my time as a fan. 7-2 victory over the champions. You could not ask for anything better than that. Maybe a clean sheet would have been uh, would have been nice for uh, Emilio Mano uh, Martinez, but I'm sure he will be sleeping easy tonight, regardless. I, I think everyone's going to be sleeping easy. Of course, we have the international break coming up, so we can kind of revel in the success for basically almost two weeks. Maybe we'll come back to reality uh, when we face Leicester next, but who knows? They just came off a walloping themselves in some instances. So, uh, of course, it's not just Danny and myself. This evening, we have Stephen from Villa Analytics on Twitter. Stephen, how are you feeling, my friend? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty great. Uh, it's It's a good day to be a Villa fan. Yeah, 100%. It's uh, like if to be honest, guys, like if you if we start making sense here and there, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of Villa fans, in fact, will probably think what the hell just happened this evening. Um, <laughs> So if you see us kind of getting off our game here and there, that may be why. But anyways, let's kind of go over uh, the game as a whole. Of course, Ollie Watkins, hat trick, Jack Grealish, two goals, three assists. Ross Barkley, a perfect start, a goal in his Villa debut. McGinn getting on the score sheet himself. Three of those goals being deflections. Um, of course, we conceded two to a basically just two classy Salah goals, but goals galore in this game, nine in total. I was wishing for the 8-2, Danny, so we could do the 8-2 meme, but nonetheless, we didn't get it. But let's get into maybe the, the first kind of important talking point that kind of encompasses the whole game, because whether you're a Liverpool fan, a Villa fan, a commentator, a media personality, whatever it is, you know some media outlets are kind of going to go on the whole Mane, Allison missing out, the three deflected goals. This result just being a blip in pure luck. Danny, how did you see it in your eyes? Well, I think, first of all, um, I think somebody does work in the media. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, you know, Liverpool will feel a little bit hard done by by the fact that Mane and Alisson are, are out. You know, Adrian did make a goalkeeping error. But, you know, look at the end of the day, this is the champions. They account for this. They account for players being out injured. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... You know, we, you, you, you're saying that whilst, whilst Mohamed Salah's on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? You're saying that whilst Trent Alexander-Arnold was. Andy Robertson are on the pitch. This is a side with a lot of top quality players. And essentially what happened, you know, in, in, in Villa's case was that Dean Smith, you know, he came out there and did the right thing tactically. I'm not the tactician that's on the podcast today, by the way. I know, I know Stevens, <laughs> Stevens is a tactician. But yeah, look, I think, I think Villa have to be proud of themselves. Yes, Liverpool defended badly. There was a lot 
of horrible things to say about that Liverpool performance. But end of the day, they went forward well. Um, Villa just, it was one of those days where everything came off. Yeah, I, I honestly, I couldn't say it much better myself. Of course, we'll get to Steven next because he is the quote-unquote stats man. The man came prepared with pre-match um, and really post-match and curse match. A- any stats you need, he is there for the job, of course. So, Steven, we'll come to you next. Um, how did you feel about the game? Did you have any concerns? And I guess most importantly, does this game in your mind in any way have an asterisk beside it because of those uh, Liverpool um, missings, I guess you could say, and unlucky moments during the game? Uh, well, first of all, it's I'd like to point out that Sadio Mane may have been missing, but he was replaced by a £35 million winger they've just signed. So it's a... It's not like they had a B-team player out there. It was Diego Jota. Um, but I don't think it's fair to put any type of asterisk next to the game. Because, yeah, there might have been an element of fortune around a few of our goals. But we also scored seven goals against the best defence in the Premier League. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I think a lot of people will look at this as just a, a freak result. And you know what? Like... Fair enough. Like, you're not going to realistically see this from Villa again this season. If it does happen, then, like, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, it's a massive result. This means we're perfect in the Premier League. We're 3-0. and We're on nine points. We're sitting in second. We're above the likes of Liverpool's, your, your Chelsea's, your Man United's, your prototypical top six. Of course, we're only a few games in. When, hell, we still actually have a game advantage. We have one less in most sides. So... I think when you're looking at this game, Danny, I'll come to you. Is this a statement piece? Like, what does this say for the purposes of Aston Villa Football Club? Is there a statement intent at all? Yeah, look, this is this is Villa announcing themselves against a big team for the season. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, that Villa, Villa have obviously we've played five games so far and won four of them. Um, but hang on, is that right? That is right, isn't it? And I think Villa people people were talking about how. And wait, hold up a second. Yeah, they've won four. Sorry, sorry. I'm just trying <laughs> to in my People have been talking about how Villa, how Villa have you know they've only done it against Bristol. They've only done it against um, Sheffield United, Fulham. Um, Fulham made Villa look like Bayern Munich last week. It wasn't the other way around or whatever it was. But this is Villa's first big test. This is Villa's first eleven going out there and having a big test against the champions. And the question was always going to be, are Villa going to be able to perform against those top sides? Yes, Villa can go to Sheffield United and and, and get themselves a result. Yes, they can do it at Fulham. But can they do it against the top sides? We saw a little bit of it at the end of last season, you know, getting that getting that victory over Arsenal. But this was a massive announcement. Really was. And I think for me, more than anything, it it shows me that Villa's first 11 are capable of of, of a lot. Uh, What's going to be hard is... The fact that it's a long, hard slog of a season. But if they can get a few more results like this, then relegation's out of the question. But as I say, it's a long, hard slog. And they've just shown what they're capable of. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I don't know how many times I've said it. You've said it, Danny. Um, other people we've had on the podcast, even going into last season, have said it. it. This season has to be and has so far been all about just improving incrementally on certain things whether that be taking advantage of of course the Sheffield United situation being a man up whether that means going into Fulham and just honestly giving them a thrashing Um, going into this game with a statement of intent last season we only beat one 
your of your prototypical top six sides being Arsenal, and that was literally one of our last games and the main reason that we stayed up. Like that was a huge statement piece, and it kind of just seems like ever since we've picked up that hot form, it, it's just we're continuing with it, and it's great to see. Now we'll go on to Ollie Watkins next, and we'll go back to Stephen because after well, you know what? Like the first few games, people are kind of wondering. Is he going to score? What's going on? People are being patient for the most part, but of course you you still have your few people here and there in the fan base that are going to whinge if he doesn't score like 20,000 goals a game, basically. But nonetheless, the man gets a hat-trick, and his first Premier League goal and his first Premier League hat-trick comes against Liverpool. So from your standpoint, Stephen, how did you feel about his overall performance? Well, anyone that does follow me on Twitter will know that I... Um, one of the biggest Ollie Watkins fanboys out there. But um, <laughs> I, I, I thought he showed exactly why I like him so much today. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, the three goals, he had the assist, he hit the bar, he had another good chance, which he was probably offside for. But I, I just thought that was the the Ollie Watkins game, where he showed that he is such a fantastic player in his hold-up play, in the way he links with the midfielders and also being a massive, massive goal threat. Oh, 100%. Like, the confidence, like, not even aside from the goals, like, the confidence, there is probably at least two to three instances where I can think where he's not even facing Liverpool defenders, and he's literally juggling it in front of their faces. Um, The one in my mind is where he's leaning back and Gomez pulls him down for a free kick and basically the middle of the pitch. Like, the audacity and confidence at that point to pull those moves against your elect champions Liverpool, of course, of last season, and most writing them again for this season, is insane. Like, the confidence of the man, and I guess kind of to go into even last season as well, like, I I do wonder partially what happens with with Wesley when he comes back, because unfortunately it looks like Watkins is what we hoped Wesley would be, and I'm not saying Wesley isn't good enough, but it also makes me very excited to say as well, when he does come back, we do have two pretty darn good options in my opinion but Danny I'll I'll come back to you let's move on to Ross Barkley because it's to be honest it's a dream performance he slots right in there he's playing literally right off of Jack they're playing really off of each other he pops up with a goal and basically three crucial chances if I'm kind of going off the top of my memory one Mm. or two he probably should have slotted away how did you feel about his performance today because watching him like Jack's face was filled with joy just playing one tunes one twos with this man today and I am all for that like long may that continue yeah oh could have scored a hat-trick couldn't he Barkley so I think I think you know first of all and it's kind of the Jack Grealish thing Jack's always looking for somebody to support him and, and you know read his mind when it comes to his passes and I think with with Barkley being so far up the pitch it meant that you know there was a that that distance between himself and Watkins you know the distance between Grealish and Watkins was closed off a little bit more um, it meant that that Villa could play a little bit more in in in, in Liverpool's um, in Liverpool's area, and and obviously I, I'm, I know we're going to get onto this because let's be honest, this is this is the overriding reason why Villa won today. Um, Liverpool's line was so high, but I think you know with Barkley as well. I, I I said I said right on this podcast that I really wanted Villa to sign him because he's the kind of player that picks up picks up the ball from deep and drives it forward. He didn't need to pick it up from deep. You know, he played way further forward than I thought than I thought he was going to. He looked like a support striker. You know, I'd say further up than a number ten. 
and and that was really really interesting. You know, first of all, from what Dean Smith, uh, for, you know, for in terms of what Dean Smith did, like, what w- what is Barkley going to be for Villa? Um, and I think also the other thing that that really surprised me with him today was taking so many shots with his left peg. I read somewhere that I think earlier on in you know the start of the year or like end of last year he was forced to like train with his left foot um by by frank lampard because he picked up an injury on his right foot and it seems like he's picked up the ability to be pretty ambidextrous because he just kept shooting with that left peg <laughs> and um eventually you know that deflection uh helps him out with that goal uh, with that goal he scored but it was just really really fun to watch him it just looks like a new option that I don't think Villa have had a player in that position for so long. Yeah, like, I think the thing that kind of I picked up from this game is that, in which still blows my mind, for one, of course, this result, but two, like, of course, Liverpool playing a high line, it can be risky for any side, but of course you think it's Liverpool, like, they're basically just going to be like, a, I guess, a, a cobra, a boa constrictor, whatever, and they're just going to kind of worm their way around your body and just squeeze the life out of you that way with possession and the quality chances and all that kind of stuff. But they just, they couldn't handle our movement and our passes. And I think the one thing that worked out so well was Barkley. I, I think if you, I don't want to put any kind of damper on her hand because he's had some great performances so far this season, but you don't get that directness and that kind of pace moving forward with him and the opportunities to create more high quality scoring chances. In my opinion, he's going to move the ball off someone with Barkley. He's literally just driving it down their throats. Like he was giving Virgil van Dyke are obviously like arguably one of the best center backs in the world, a field day. Gomez couldn't handle it as well. Their wing backs were non-existent in my opinion. And the best thing I noticed about that he was able to basically suck in two Liverpool defending players, whether it be Van Dyke, well, basically both center backs, or you'd have to look at a right back center back combination and basically just freed Grealish up to the point where he could do whatever he wants. And when Grealish can do whatever he wants, it's a scary thing. And Stephen, I'll come to you next because as we went over this podcast, we're going all over the place, but you kind of have to when you score seven goals, especially against the champions. Was there any um, stats on your end that kind of spoke out and just kind of were glaring out in this game? But um, One thing I did notice, obviously Danny mentioned about Barkley playing so high up the pitch. If you look at the uh, players' average positions from today, um, the formation looks much more like a 4-4-2 um, with Barkley alongside Watkins because he really was pushing so high up the pitch. Um, but with the main stats that I'm concerned about today are just how many goals and assists all of our players had. Like that's that's <laughs> the standout thing. It's just baffling. It's it's crazy. Like, I love Jack. I love him to death. But two goals and three assists. Like, if there's anyone that had... Uh, we've kind of already went over this kind of pre-recording, but if you had Grealish Watkins and Salah in your team just from this game, you're probably winning, winning your fantasy pool for this league. If you had Hamas Rodriguez as well, you're loving life. Like, insane. This weekend has been ridiculous. Like, this is the weekend that we've seen United ha- will be tied for their biggest loss at home to Spurs. You've seen West Ham beat Leicester 3-0. Um, I'm kind of forgetting all the other results, but there's been some crazy results just today. And... I think for this whole season, we're we're experiencing a lot of news, whether that be because of no fans in the stands, whether that be a bunch of other reasons, regardless, 
Villa are one of those teams that are in form. And Daniel, I'll come to you next because I think it's evident that we saw the hunger and the lively desire to play on the counterattack to express ourselves. But I think the thing that spoke to me and me and you always chat usually during games is, of course, we're 2-0 up at one point and we're thinking, okay, like whatever, this doesn't mean anything because it's typical Villa. We could still lose this. We saw it happen last season, of course, and we've seen it what feels like a million times before. So kind of going from that standpoint, how impressed were you knowing that, well, not one, we just kept scoring and kept that momentum, but two, we just didn't concede too many goals. Yeah, so like you worry about Villa getting nervous, right? But what's funny is they almost like didn't allow themselves to get nervous. Like they they put in all the preventative measures to make sure they didn't. They just went they just went and kept scoring. I think really you know f- for me it was the fact that Liverpool were just shocked, weren't they? You know the defenders were were, were, were like begging for someone like Mane, who obviously wasn't on the pitch, to like take the game by the scruff of its neck and do what Liverpool can do going forward. Um, you know Robertson as well was was. You know, he's, he was he was bombing down the left hand side. You're expecting him to kind of get more. With Liverpool, you're expecting him to score three or four goals, right? But Villa just didn't let up, and I think the Villa of last season would have sat back and tried to defend that. But what Villa did actually was they just they, they kept on defending like they like they had from the start. Um, and I think in a way Liverpool made it easy for them. But the game plan was just executed so so well. You heard Smith say after the game that they concentrated on those long switches. So Liverpool like switching, like um, basically, as you say, suffocating the opposition. You know, they're, they're very good at stopping you from moving the ball around. Well, Villa just pinged it to the other side of the pitch and it stretched them and just left so much space open. And because they were so high up the pitch, it was just a matter of like, it was a matter of making the chances count. And the thing is, Cole, it could have been about 10. Barkley yeah. and Watkins both missed a, sit- a couple of sitters each. Uh, Watkins missed one sitter. I think Barkley could have scored a couple more. Basically, I don't know how to put this, Cole, but Dean Smith out-tacticianed Jurgen Klopp. Villa Gagan pressed them in at, at times. But also, this is a situation of Leicester versus Southampton of last season. Was it last season when, when they beat Southampton 9-0, was it? Can I can I just stop you there, Danny? The, the, how positive we're being right now is I can't believe we're no. talking about the same villa that we were talking about this I'm, time last season. This is I'm mental. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm trying to tell I'm trying to put it into perspective though. This is why it happened, right? When you play a high line, if you have the players, it comes off, right? But at some point, someone is just going to tear you to shreds, and that's what happened to Liverpool. Leicester have done this to teams before. They did it to City last week, right? And they've done it. They, they did it to Southampton last year with the 4-4-2 as well that high line is just it's going to get ripped apart by certain sides and 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 basically Dean Smith played played exactly what you need to do against that uh, against that Liverpool defense so I think that's what basically happened and they didn't have a backup plan for it um but I'm I'm just going on and on about why Villa won but basically there's a lot of factors I'm going to hold it to that high line though I'm holding it to that high line that's that's the whole damn issue it also happened to to Schalke last week, so there you go. Yeah, but like I, I think the thing is too, I, we can definitely all agree on this. That's in this recording right now, and to the listeners, of course, as well, is that this result, I, like like I've said before, it could just be a blip, whatever. Like, but to me, this result would have never happened last season. Like 
in my eyes. And it's crazy to see not only the progression of players that were here last season and went through that struggle, i.e. Target, uh, Trezeguet, um, the list goes on, Konza, Mings, whoever it may be. It, it just seems like with the quality additions we've made and the experience that these players that we had last season had in the Premier League and are currently are having, like, it's just unreal. Like, look at Trezeguet. The man's a workhorse. Like, he, in my opinion, really hasn't put a foot wrong probably arguably this season so far. And that is a far cry from what we were seeing last season, where it was a lot of people were getting on him and Algazi's back, saying they're not good enough, they're never going to work, yada, yada, yada. But, Stephen, I'll come to you next, because I think this is a good talking point. Maybe a lot of people won't bring it up, and that being Villa's fullbacks. And, of course, that's Matty Cash and uh, Target himself. So a lot of people get on Target's back, and you can kind of say rightly so sometimes. A lot of people say we need to replace that. That's probably the next thing. And in my opinion, and of course, Stephen, like I said, I'll come to you. He didn't really put a foot wrong. Neither of them did, did they? Uh, yeah, I thought they were both fantastic tonight. I thought Matt Cash's height uh, was huge for us uh, in the way that um, Emmy Martinez was able to just clip it out to him to beat that Liverpool press. Uh, but I thought the two of them both fantastic defensively fantastic going forward as well the energy that they put into that performance was a massive massive part of the win oh 100 percent like if i look at cash in particular I, I think like some people like let's be honest guys if someone is negative about this result from a villa standpoint then i have now no time for you like no time for you because of course it's a great result and if we nitpick even the goals of course there's a few opportunities um, on a Liverpool perspective where Cash, of course, is either caught up too high up the pitch or he's kind of caught out entirely from the situation. I know a few times where they're whipping in the ball with no one really covering that. But at the same time, it's it's the risk of playing how we're playing. And to be honest, it, it's this game is just a story of being riskier and taking those risks and really going through with them and scoring those goals that we need. And that's something that we haven't really seen a lot of. And yeah, but... Anyways, Danny, um, let's move on to the next thing. And we'll, we'll touch on Jack Grealish because we kind of have and kind of haven't this episode. Of course, like I said before, two goals and three assists. The man was on fire. In particular, how did you find him today? He just did did what he did what he usually does, right? Just found himself in so much space and, and you know, was clinical in the final third. And he is clinical in the final third. The way he sets up uh, other players is is, is fantastic. Uh, and and uh, you know he's adding goals to his game now, and I know he, I know he started started that last season and he was our top scorer, but he's he's really he's really getting there now, isn't he? Um, and I think we're starting to see the best of him. Uh, but yeah, just I, I thought he had a fantastic game. What's what's interesting is you almost had quite a quiet one in the sense that he was not a one man team for Villa. You know, Villa always get this stick. They always get this. Oh yeah, but you know Grealish has done it on his own. He was one of many very good players on the pitch, and I, and he did his job excellently as a playmaker. Um, once again, him and Watkins just seem to know each other. They just seem to read each other so well, and that link up is something which I th- I'm really excited to see more of this season. The way that uh, Watkins would hold up the ball and slip it through to Grealish somehow, the way that Grealish is able to do it to Watkins, just great to see. And and, and adding that with um with Ross Barkley as well. Again, also exciting. But, uh, yeah, you have to hand it to Jack. You have to hand it to Jack. Three assists and two goals. You know, it's almost... Those assists almost go missing in that, don't they? 
but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's done he's done he's done a very good job oh very good job like uh steven i'll come to you because i want to hear how you thought of his performance because like danny said there like of course we we noticed the two goals but those three assists they they, they really kind of went unnoticed in a weird way didn't they yeah I, I think today was pretty much the ultimate jack greenish performance where he did everything he can do um nothing was like nothing made you think where did that come from how did he do that but it was just for the whole 90 minutes, every time he got the ball, he'd carry it. He'd look dangerous. He could pick pretty much any pass he wanted to. And he obviously had the goal threat as well. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, if I look at Squawker here, I'm going to steal the the stats pants from Steven here for a second. Because uh, I found this good screenshot. And I thought it's worth reading. So he had 51 touches, 8 ball recoveries. Um, he had, what was it, 5 out of 6 duels won, 5 chances created, 3 tackles made, 3 assists, 2 shots, 2 goals, 2 clearances. Like, it's a man on fire. But uh, nonetheless, let's get on to the next segment of the podcast, and that being your comments on Twitter. Of course, if you want to tweet us, it's at 7500Holt. We always, after every match, ask for your match reactions, and we'll read out as many as we can. There's actually quite a few i think there's over 15 or so this time so i'll pick just a few and uh sorry to the ones that we missed get involved next time and i'll be sure to read them out so let's start off with uh south um, at seth 410 um i won't read out his uh twitter handle because it's uh political so let's not do that um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but anyways um he says hard to dismiss this win as a trap game for liverpool after goals five six and seven uh, last season, you would say that Villa was nothing without Jack, but is Liverpool in that boat now? Um, I believe he's saying with missing Mane. Um, good point. Good point. Liam Lovelace Smith says uh, thoughts or thought we have one hell of a team now. The way we have uh, gelled together is unbelievable in such a short space of time. It's like Ross and Ollie been there for years, and we build on this team and keep star men. And I can honestly say, and I love this, and this is so early on in the season, but whatever. He's saying, I can honestly say European football won't be far away. Oh, that's I love that. Um, okay, so I'm getting carried away with the the joy you can hear in my voice. But nonetheless, um, Reese Bones, Reese J says, uh, can't deny I teared up a bit. Never in my lifetime have I seen a game in such um, or been so incredible, so shocking and so meaningful. We really feel like we were back now and I'm delighted. And uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Mark Wheatley as well. Um, He tweeted like three very well detailed um, kind of his thoughts. I won't get into them because he gets very detailed and I don't want to take up too much more time. But shout out to him. I did read your read your comment and uh, great thoughts, of course. Um, And let's see here. Let's stop with uh, Colin Frederick saying, I don't even know, but up the villa. And I think that's that's more than fair enough. So let's let's kind of wrap things up, guys, because to be honest, we could go on and on probably for days with how happy we are right now. But uh, Danny, before we get on to the FPL stuff, who is your man of the match? <laughs> um, it's hard, isn't it? Like, it's hard because <laughs> between it's for me, it's between Grealish and Watkins. Barkley had a fantastic game. Don't get me wrong, he had a very good game, and also John McGinn. By the way, just absolutely owned everything. Can I just say that, right? John McGinn, he'll go unnoticed because of the fact that Watkins scored a hat-trick and Grealish got as many um, assists as as he did. But wow. Wow. I don't ever think I've seen a better box-to-box midfield performance uh, at Villa. 
like that that would okay maybe that's a bit exceptional but i but i thought it was ridiculously good i mean uh, do, do, do you have a stat for how many tackles he might have made steven do you know, do you know how many tackles he made by any chance uh give, give me a second <laughs> I love that we have a stats person who can just do this. I love this. Because who, sco- who scored? Who scored? Said he didn't. He didn't make any tackles. But I, I, uh, I think the interceptions were on a mad one. Three tackles and three interceptions. Look at that! Look at that! Oh, oh McGinley's recoveries is a lot. Steven, we're keeping on you on the podcast for everyone, so we can just be like, hey, can you check that? <laughs> just, just sat there in the background. Oh. It sound like uh, Joe Rogan's Jamie. <laughs> pull that up real quick. No, wouldn't do that. Uh, no, oh, Grealish, Grealish for me. Grealish for me because of the assists. Um, jeez, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Grealish. As much as Watkins's hat trick was great, um, okay. I think I'm gonna go with Grealish because two goals and three assists. You can't beat that, can you? That's fine. No. Like, being directly involved with five goals, you cannot beat that. No, you you can't beat it at all. And of course, Stephen will come to you next. Uh, who is your man of the match and why? Uh, am I allowed to say Dean Smith? If, if you can say whoever the hell you want tonight, tonight's a special night, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Dino. Um, because got the as, as I told you, I, I um I I sat down before the game with a pen and paper and uh, wrote some bits down about how I thought we could even have a chance against Liverpool, and I managed to come up with one way we could maybe get a goal if we risk conceding five which was to push target on um, and Smith managed to get us to score seven. So uh, that's why he's the manager and I'm the, uh, I'm the tweeter. Stephen, can you, can you maybe explain this tactical change? Like what, like because, because we had a winning formula with the four, three, three and Dean Smith never seems to want to move away from it. I mean, okay. Last season we went with three at the back or five at the back or whatever you want to call it because we went on a run of defeats or whatever, but what, what, what happened? Why was the, why the change and what, why, the confidence to push Barkley so up because he played as a striker today. He wasn't a, he wasn't playing in midfield. I think it's just he, he took a gamble. I'm guessing uh, he probably knew that we didn't stand the best of chances of getting anything from this game, so thought let's let's switch it up to something that might work and it did. Not fair. That, no, that's fair. fair. Yeah, like I think we pressed them well as well, like up there with the, with the two forwards. Yeah, because like. I think the thing when you go into a game like this, so like we'll see this when we come against City and a lot of big other teams too, is that you realistically, I think everyone's honest when they're in that dressing room. They know the chances of getting things out of those kind of games aren't always the highest. And if anything, they're kind of none, non-existent. So I think the thing that impressed me the most, and I'll get into my man in the match in a second, has to just be the fact that we went for it. And it was almost like, well, it it was almost like, okay, you're going to score two goals, but we're somehow going to score seven. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just an impetus to attack and see what happens. And it's nice to see the kind of change in Dean Smith as well. And I love uh, Stephen's mention of him being his man of the match because, <laughs> really, like, Dean Smith is all over these seven goals, if you think about it. Because if you're looking from a kind of just an output perspective of the whole squad – when would you have seen this last season? I feel like I've just kind of been saying this a lot, and I probably have, but like the change of last season where if we would have lined up against Liverpool, we were probably hoping to nick one and then just kind of hold on for dear life. And we saw what happened last season when we did that. And this season, it just kind of seems like, damn it, 
I'm going to play Dean Smith ball. I'm going to play the brand I want to play and I'm going to go for it. And it's so far with the actual players that he wants, clearly it's working. So more of that to come. And hopefully we continue to go undefeated because I am all about this positivity and with the fan base, not moaning, it's a perfect moment. I've always been so jealous of the teams that are able to do this as well. You know, this coming out teams, you know, uh, I'm so used to seeing Villa just try and see what they can get. And I'm, I've always been so jealous of the teams like Leicester or the teams like Burnley. Burnley, maybe not so much now, but, you know, you've seen it from the past. Um, teams like Sheffield United last season who went over to like Man City or went over to Liverpool and went, you know what, we're going to just try and outdo you and just have a go because it shakes them up. You know, the reason why a lot of these defenders have clean sheets is because attackers don't have the confidence to come at them. And you know what? We showed a lot of frailties and a lot of weaknesses in that Liverpool side today. They're so used to having space and we did not give them that space all that time. And, and, and I thought that was just so important. Um, the way we were cutting out balls in midfield, Louise and McGinn just getting in there, Watkins as well. Man, I'm just I'm just happy we got to experience that as fans. Yeah, I just I think the biggest shame, Danny, is just um, and yes, I'll get to my man of the match in a second. I just remembered I didn't say it, but I think the biggest shame is that there is no fans there. And Dean Smith said that in his post-match remarks as well. Like, I can only imagine, of course, I can't witness it myself being in Canada, but perhaps either of you would have the opportunity to, of course, because you're in the UK. (laughs) But to be in that stadium for a 7-2 thrashing of Liverpool, like I think Dean Smith said he was there in the late 70s when I think their Villa were 5-0 up at halftime. Like, yeah. To be a part of that, that is a moment that that is the ultimate shame for me because think of that could be some little boy or girl's first match ever. Like how insane would that have been a moment for them to remember that? Not just for Villa youth and of course, the old and mid-age, whatever, whatever age you are as a fan, like it's an incredible moment. So hopefully everyone's enjoying that safely in their homes um, during these crazy times. But quickly, I will say my man of the match has to be Ollie Watkins. And that's purely just because of the hat trick, the confidence also to get an assist, which I don't think we've mentioned as well, um, and almost get his fourth as well. When it hit the crossbar for the eighth, I was ecstatic thinking, oh, my God, we're getting the eight two memes. We're going to live with eight two memes for two weeks. We were so <laughs> close. And I will say, because I said this before we went on, um, I kind of said when the Kamba was about to come on, like for him to please score a screamer. And to be honest, it almost did happen. So I think I deserve some plaudits from that, even though it really doesn't matter. But uh, nonetheless, Danny, do you have any uh, final remarks before we sign this one off? Oh, man, just uh, enjoy it because it might be a long time, whilst, long time before we see another win like that again. But to be honest, just great to see Villa humiliate the champions. And great to just shut a lot of people up as well. Really is great to just shut a lot of people up because Grealish has been getting stick, you know, from 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 other fans, you know, because of the old England situation. Villa have been getting stick for spending 30 million on Ollie Watkins. Um, you know, we've, we, we've had to sit and listen to people, you know, praise Leeds United for, for losing 4-3 to Liverpool. Well, you know, I think Villa shut a lot of people up today. You know, nobody, nobody talks about Villa. No one gives Villa the credit that they deserve. Well, I hope you watch that and I hope you give them the credit now. Uh, I'm speaking with a lot of passion (laughs) and a lot of cockiness after this victory because I'm going to enjoy it whilst I can. International break coming up. Uh, Gareth Southgate, please protect Jack Grealish. 
and I, and I really hope everybody comes back fit and raring to go for the uh, for the next part of the season. Yeah, I, I can't wait for uh, Gareth Southgate to uh, be asked about Grealish and applaud Mason Mount. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, Stephen, we'll get your closing mar- remarks now. Any thoughts, uh, any uh, extra stats or anything you wanted to bring up before we sign off? Uh, just more of the same of what Danny said, really. It was just, you know, th- this is Villa at our best. Uh, just enjoy it. And yeah, that, that's pretty much all I can say. It's just great. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's the best way to kind of end this. Of course, uh, I'll make a special note here, of oh, course, before we... You oh, yeah, give you a man of the match. You didn't man of the match, match, yeah. You didn't yes, give did. you a man of the match. Yes, I did. I said Ollie Watkins. Oh, you must have just like buried it under under, uh, under a yeah, question. Yeah, I didn't realize you'd said it either. <laughs> Thank you both for listening to me while I speak. It's very much appreciated. Just like the little <laughs> listeners, they skip over they skip over me and they go to you guys, of course. But the one thing I did want to mention before we sign off is Craig Shakespeare, of course, was part of that managerial team at Leicester that narrowly avoided relegation, then won the league shortly after. Can it happen again with Villa? I guess we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll leave that as a teaser, of course, once we're back after the international break. But, of course, thank you very much to both Danny and to Stephen for joining me this evening. Of course, if you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajourno. If you want to find Stephen on Twitter, it's at Villa Analytics. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. All together, we make up the Holtcast. Tweet us at 7500Holt. Email us, new email address, Holtcast at gmail.com thank you guys for all the great support uh following us to the new feed for this podcast i'll push some more stuff out so we get more of you finding it again and don't forget up the villa Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.